You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the road trip guy, Bruce Neeland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community healthcare. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now, here's our host, Bruce Neeland. Hello again, Pharmacy Crossroads listeners. This is Bruce Neeland, and I get to be your host. Uh, Once again, we have arranged for an exceptional guest to be part of our program today. I think you'll find him extremely interesting. Uh, Steve Mackey is a pharmacist who owns Spruce Mountain Pharmacy in beautiful Jay, Maine. And uh, talking with him today, it's a great summer day and a great time to be in Maine. But um, I'm going to let Steve tell you a little bit about himself and his pharmacy, and then we'll get going on today's topic, which is close to my heart. We're going to talk about not technology, not marketing, but we're going to talk about how you build a team. That is, how do you get people working with you that understand your vision for pharmacy and the important role it plays in helping people live better and more productive lives. So, Steve, tell us who you are. Excellent. Thank you for that introduction, Bruce. Um, Appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast with you. Um, I've been a big fan. I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts and really enjoy and enjoying this opportunity to be with you today. Um, so as Bruce said, my name is Steve Mackey. I'm the owner pharmacist at Spruce Mountain Pharmacy in Jay. Uh, we're in the Western Mountains of Maine. We're about an hour and a half northwest of Portland. We're a hybrid pharmacy, so we're offering right traditional retail pharmacy services plus compounding. Um, we're using the Computer RX software here, and we're a member of Amerisource Bergen as our wholesaler, but we're also part of CPA as our buying group. To make us kind of unique in the market, we use the uh, RX Safe Rapid Pack strip packaging program and hardware to make uh, compliance packaging available for our patients who choose to have that as a service that we offer. We don't have any alcohol or tobacco products here in the store. And we opened the store back in 2009. We moved to our new location on Main Street. Uh, in December of 19, just before COVID-19 hit us. Uh, It's been about, it's a 2,000 square foot store. We have two compounding rooms, uh, medication room, uh, regular pharmacy bench, office space for myself and my office manager. And we also have a consultation vaccine room and a lovely little break room for my staff. Wow. Um, So it's a nice upgrade to to the previous location that we were in well and if anybody wants to go to your website which is drumroll what's your website steve uh www.sprucemtrx.com then that's mt like in abbreviation for mountain and rx is an abbreviation for pharmacy that's great uh it's a cute pharmacy you have uh you've done a great job in in creating some curb appeal in the in the facility and and i always like curb appeal so 
today we're going to venture down a, 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 a subject that's different from things that I typically talk about, and, and you've expressed some passion for this. So, you know, we're going to talk about team building. Um, start out by telling us why you, of all the topics we could have picked that you've just highlighted, why you want to talk about team building. Uh, team building is one of those uh, topics that's near and dear to my heart. I've always felt a pharmacist or a pharmacy is only as good as the staff running it. You are, how many pharmacies have you walked into uh, where you don't have a team concept? You don't have uh, a strong cohesion. Uh, it, it makes for a tough work environment. And let's face facts, in the pharmacy world that we're in, we're very stressed. We're very time constrained. Uh, we're in a I want it yesterday mode and mentality. And you need to really have a team that's working with each other, for each other, um, to, to make the, the workday bearable, survivable. Uh, you know, the old adage is if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That's kind of the crux of building the team that I've built here is just to be able to get to that level of comfort and ease and knowing staff's responsibilities, pharmacist's responsibilities. So it, it's really kind of uh, been a, uh, a labor of love to get to, to this level and, and to have this team uh, assembled. How many, how many uh, full and part-time people do you have and break them down a little bit by categories, uh, pharmacists, technicians, whatever? Sure. Uh, we have three pharmacists here, myself at full time, and I have two part time pharmacists, Paul and Gina. Uh, Gina is uh, probably uh, my strongest bench pharmacist. She's great verification, great working with doctor's offices, um, and she also steps into the compounding world for me. Um, so we sent her to, uh, if you don't mind me saying this, Bagron uh, with their three day training seminar. So right. she developed a lot of her skill sets with them to be comfortable in the compounding lab. Um, so she does a lot of my day-to-day uh, -day bench work and compounding work. Um, so that takes that off of my plate. Uh, Paul is, uh, Paul Flags, our pharmacist, our, our, we call him the senior pharmacist, uh, because Paul's been in the practice of pharmacy for almost 40 years. Um, but he's our clinical pharmacist. He's the one that goes and talks to our patients, does our CMRs, MTMs, um, and really, really works with patients on compliance, drilling into the issues um, that patients are having. Um, to uh, supplement our staff, uh, I have four technicians, uh, Carla, who's full-time, Steve, who's full-time, uh, Bree and Brenda. Um, and all of them have worked into their niche of where do we need them to be in the pharmacy? And they all have different roles and different responsibilities. Um, and I think, Bruce, you'll you'll share out the uh, operational task documents that have formed in here um, that have really given me some dynamic ability to empower my staff to take on roles and responsibilities that would kind of be traditionally owner or pharmacist responsibilities. Uh, and that really give them the ability to buy an ownership into the into the operations of the business. 
Yeah, well, so with that as, as an intro, let me just say that uh, Steve has been kind enough to share with me a three-page document that uh, he will allow me to send anybody who emails and requests it, and we'll get my email in the show notes. But what you're asking for is an operational task assignment sheet. Um, it's pretty important to understand that the numbers and examples here are specific to his pharmacy. So anybody looking at this, it'll be directionally helpful, but he kind of points out the key performance indicators that he's going to expect for people in nine different key categories of the pharmacy. I won't mention them all, but he certainly has a slot for people he expects his IT people to do, some stuff that he expects his advertising to person to do. He's got an inventory control task list with some pretty interesting numbers. So uh, the vaccine specialist, you know, the categories of things that they expect that person to do. So um, just email me and ask for the Mackie task list. And and thank you, Steve, for sharing that with, with our listeners. So uh, back to people. So you, you mentioned something about, you know, you want to have a better than average pharmacy. You really need to have a better than average team um, and getting people to buy in and, you know, telling them what to do and then getting them to do it is two different things. So talk to us a little bit about how you think you win them over and share an example or two of things that you've seen your people accomplish that, um, makes your pharmacy the outstanding pharmacy it is? Uh, it's been, um, I, I was deficient in this. When I opened the store back in 2009, I, I had this grandiose idea of how I wanted to practice pharmacy as a pharmacist. It didn't take long for me to realize that I need people to buy into that dream with me as well, that there's a better way to practice pharmacy that coming out of chains and coming out of, uh, you know, very rigid, um, structured pharmacies, um, that there's a way that we can do this, we can be dynamic, um, and be functional and be customer focused, uh, providing great pharmaceutical care for our customers when they walk through our door. Um, so some of my education is I had to leave the world of pharmacy. Um, so I, I ran into an author, John Maxwell, um, and some of the books that he's had uh, have really influenced me and in, in where I did started developing my style and where uh, Spruce Mountain Pharmacy came to be because of uh, his books. Um, a couple I'll just throw out there for, for the listeners to kind of dive into if they have an opportunity. Uh, 17 Indisputable Laws of Teamwork, Leadership 2.0, and Failing Forward. Uh, these books helped me develop my own personal style uh, to help be a leader of my team. Um, and I've also kind of taken a page out of Herb Brooks, the uh, hockey coach from the 1980 Miracle Team. Oh, he, yeah. He went looking for not an all-star player, but he wanted a team of all-stars. And when you look at that Miracle Team, he really pulled in a bunch of really talented players but they weren't the best players, but he understood the chemistry of how to make a winning team. Um, and that's, that's really kind of been the, the backbone of my philosophy here is I don't necessarily want the all-star technicians or the all-star pharmacist, but I want the best pharmacist. I want someone that's going to work in the team to help be, be dynamic and, and make this team successful. 
Well, uh, two things there I'd highlight. Number one is, gee whiz, you're running a pharmacy, but you read business books. Isn't that a remarkable thing to do? So put that on your checklist, listeners. Uh, you know, uh, broaden your scope of things that you read and, and understand. And um, again, kudos to you for that. And then the, you know, clearly the notion that it's a team that has to work together. Um, you know, that's not uh, a rocket science, but uh, it, it's important to think about. So, I mean, the other thing to, to draw attention to is this teamwork. So you need to find people who are good at what they do, but they also need to be good at working with other people on the team. So those are two takeaways. Uh, Steve, thanks for that. So, hey, let's take a quick break and listen to a message from our sponsor. This episode of the Pharmacy Crossroads is made possible by a grant from the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance Cooperative, commonly referred to as CPA. CPA invites you to plan ahead and register soon for the upcoming NCPA annual conference being held in Charlotte, North Carolina, October 9th through the 12th. CPA will be exhibiting at this important industry event. While you are there, they invite you to visit them in their booth and find out why more than 2,000 pharmacy locations have selected CPA to be their premier business partner. Not coming to the show? Then check them out online at www.compliantrx.com or contact them via email at sales at compliantrx.com. Now, back to our guest. Keep going. I interrupted you. No, that's absolutely fine. So let me bring you to a scenario. When we brought the rapid pack pill packer into the system, we brought that in the same time we moved to the new building. Uh, and I remember seeing the machine roll in and I was over the moon. I'm like, oh my gosh, the pill packing machine is here. I am so excited for this. And I remember my staff looking at me going, what are you talking about? Where is this going? And what are we going to do with this? And I had to take myself back for a moment going, you know, I really hadn't done a good job at educating my team on what the value of this is, why is this important, and why do we need this? Um, so for the longest time, that machine kind of sat on the wall and collected dust. And I remember my wife and office manager coming to me, looking at me, she goes, that machine needs to start making you money. And I'm like, well, yes, you're absolutely right, dear. I'm not going to argue that point with you for a second. But going into the new building with the workflows and dynamic change that we had just instituted going into the new building, throwing the rapid pack system at them probably wasn't the best timing in the world. So it kind of sat there for a month or two while we kind of gathered ourselves, got our self organized. And then I said, okay, staff, we need to get this launched. We need to get this machine up running and promoting this in the community because this is something no one else offers in this area. So I took uh, Gina, my pharmacist, I took Carla and Bree, and I sat them down together and said, you are my key people running this team, running this pill pack system. I need you to come up with policies, procedures, best practices, how to handle issues, how to handle anything and everything that can come with this. I'm not going to be in this meeting. I'm not going to walk through this. I need you to come up with this. Bruce, they knocked it out of the park. The three of them sat down. They got their heads together. They said, this is how we're going to do this. This is how we want to make the pill packing system work. And since then, that pill packing system has been a growth point of my pharmacy. So kudos to my team. They took a, a little bit of adversity by me throwing it at them. They picked up the ball. They ran with it. 
Um, and now it's a very successful component of, of my business model here at Spruce Mountain Pharmacy. So, I mean, the key there is, is you, you explained what you wanted and then you let them figure out how to do it, right? Absolutely. Um, and um, I mean, the interesting thing with the pill pack, unlike a robot that is going to do something that somebody else is already doing, this is a, as a totally new feature for the community. So how did they handle getting people to understand and request their items be packed? Uh, that was a big tool of marketing. Um, and kudos to RxA for giving me a marketing program that helped me with Facebook marketing and uh, social media marketing of that. Um, but a lot of it was a word of mouth getting into my doctor's offices. Of course, as we're launching this, we're just getting into the tip of the iceberg called COVID-19. So it was hard for me to get into and in front of uh, my doctor's offices and explain this is what we have. But I got into the hands of some of my patients. I got it into some of my uh, friends of the business, so to speak. Um, they weren't pill packing patients per se, but I wanted to trial them. I asked them to be my my pilot, my guinea pigs. What do you think? What do you what do you see with this? So before we kicked the doors wide open and said, "This is what we're going to do. Here's what we're having." Wanted to make sure we had a couple of test patients behind us and and under our belt, so to speak, and um, you know find out where our weak points were. Um, and when they did, we got the feedback, and then I handed the feedback to the team, and the team, you know, Gina and Carla and Bree came up and said, okay, this is an issue we need to address and fix and make sure that we don't stumble into this going down the road. Um, so yeah. it was really a great opportunity um, to get this going, but it was word of mouth. A lot of this was COVID-19, so a lot of it was digital marketing, uh, marketing on my sign out front, you know, my big LED signs in Spruce Mountain Pharmacy. We now offer pill packing. Um, and then we got it in front of a couple of our customers and they started talking about it to their friends and it kind of grew from there. Well, and, and it, it is a remarkable technology and, and a great convenience for people. I've just come back from a family reunion and, and a wedding and had a conversation with my sister and, you know, she's 83 years old and uh, taking several medications and she still struggles to make sure whether she gets the right ones at the right time. Uh, I'm wishing she could find some pharmacy like yours in her small little rural town. But uh, God bless you for doing that. So you, you you hit on another thing that I that I that I think is central to what we're talking about here. You go off from time to time to a trade show or or communicate with your CPA, uh, your Compliant Pharmacy Alliance rep or whatever, and, and come up with a good idea or what you think is a good idea. But then you go back to the pharmacy and. Um, you tell people, hey, I think we ought to try this, and you get blank stares on their face. How do, how do, you, how do you manage trying to implement a, a new program different and distinct from the pill pack one? This is going to be an absolute challenge because the more and more I, I look at NCPA, I look at the landscape of pharmacy and see the direction that we're, we're moving towards. Um, the initiative that's being uh, forwarded now called Flip the Pharmacy is going right. to be a direction that we need to go forward into. Um, 
this is definitely going to be a dynamic shift in the paradigm of pharmacy. Um, and I know my staff will buy into it, but this is just kind of, you know, uh, the tip of the iceberg of where we want to be and where we need to go. Um, so it's going to be introducing it. You don't fully understand the value of it until you see the need for it. Um, and I think that's where my team will buy into it is as a team, as a team dynamic, how do we bring this forward and why do we need to bring it forward? It's one thing to say we're doing this. And as the owner and the, the leader of the team, so to speak, I can say we're going to do this. But until the team buys onto it to see why we need to do it. And then once the why is explained and it's understood, then the rest of the pieces will begin to fall into place. So we haven't, I haven't formally announced that. I'm going to uh, move in to flip the pharmacy, but it's definitely uh, on my short list of things to bring to the pharmacy table to say, this is the direction we need to go in for the pharmacy. Well, and, you know, to flip the pharmacy, and again, uh, just uh, my my listeners will not be surprised, but I enjoy the benefit of of having uh, the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance be a sponsor of the program, and they were the first corporate sponsor of the Flip the Pharmacy program, so hats off to CPA for their leadership in this regard. Uh, Steve, I'm going to tell you a, a short story that happened to me about 10 years ago. I had a, a small little uh, independent retail pharmacy in my neighborhood where I traded and my daughter actually had one of her best friends working there. Um, and then it sold and a new guy came in and he was younger and excited and he wanted to do some stuff. So I volunteered to help arrange for a podiatrist to come in and do a foot check and um, put the posters up all around town, arranged for a, a, a newspaper article to be written about it and, you know, got the podiatrist to come over. And when he came over, we needed to move some fixtures so that we could set up the little curtain and a private area and a table. And um, I was just appalled at how irritated the current staff was that we were disrupting their routine. And I chatted with one of the ladies uh, who was the cashier and I says, hey, can you help us do that? And she says, no, my job is to watch the cash register. And um, it just stuck the hair up up in the back of my neck, um, you know, because we, we didn't make the effort and the owner certainly hadn't taken control of the staff. He inherited all the former people and they didn't enjoy his vision and they didn't see a need to change. And uh, two years later, the store closed. Um, so, I mean, that's why this is important to me is you got to win your team over and and, you know, that's what we're talking about. So any other mantra or pharmacy or management uh, rules that you like to abide by that you've embedded into your team? Um, you know, going back to John Maxwell, he had a, a quote that struck a chord with me. People don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that works on two dynamics. One, it works on your staff. If you have an engaging staff, you engage in them, they engage in you, they engage in the business, and you have a dialogue with them about how your vision impacts them and how their effort and their work ethic impacts you, 
it's you can make a really good um, symbiotic relationship there to make sure that we're working together. We're we're pulling in the same direction. It's just you need a coach that kind of directs where we're going to go. Um, so I, I think from that aspect, um, I, I love that phrase um, that John Maxwell has has given me right. and, and done. Um, the other thing was a former manager that I used to work with when I was very young in my career. Um, said, you know, the best way to get someone to work for you is it was basically the, the phrase is never be afraid to do something that you're not going, that you're going to ask your staff to do. Ah, so if they see you yeah. washing the washing the windows, sweeping the floor, taking out the trash, it's a lot easier ask for you to go, hey, can you grab the trash for me tonight? Yep, absolutely. Because they know I'd be willing to do it myself. So, uh, which reminds me, I thought you were going to, in, in our emails back and forth, you used this uh, modified um, failure is not an option. Uh, failure is an option. Explain that. Oh, failure is an option. Um, and I used to hate that concept of thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to fail. I'm not going to uh, be successful. Um you know, I mean, well, let's ask you this question. Bruce, how much have you learned from all of your successes? Yeah, a really good question. The example I use is the only thing I can remember from my 10th grade chemistry class was the question I didn't get right on the final. Um, so, you know, I don't remember anything else, but I remember that question uh, because I failed. And so it stuck in my head. Yeah, you're right. But how much have you learned from your failures? A lot. Yeah. Uh, it's, so it's it, so in my book, it's all how do you define failure? You know, it, it, I look at failure as not learning from what you made a mistake from. Oh, you know, I, good. Yeah. Have have I made mistakes in 12 years of running Spruce Mountain Pharmacy? Absolutely. I have. Have I learned from them? Oh, you better believe I have. So how do you incorporate those changes into your culture? How do you incorporate it into your leadership style? How do you incorporate it into policies and procedures to protect us, to make sure that we're not going to go back down that road again? You know, no one likes to fail. I, I don't like to fail. I, 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 but the failures have taught me so much um, that I would need to be successful later in life. Well, I see, I see two implications of this. I mean, there's this phrase that you see used from from time to time in business management says fail forward, which, you know, implies that if you're going to fall down, at least make sure you're falling down forward rather than falling down backwards. Um, but then the other one is, is as you challenge your team members to do new things, they have to be comfortable that if something goes wrong, that they can come to you and tell you what went wrong and you can figure out how to fix it. Cause if, if they're scared that they're going to lose their job because something went wrong, uh, that's just not an environment that's inducive to uh, progress. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I have a very open door policy with my staff. Um, I want everyone to feel like they can walk in and talk to me about an issue, concern, problem, idea, some of my best ideas, I think, generate from my staff. Hey, have we considered doing um, uh, blood pressure monitoring clinics in the pharmacy? 
Nope, but that's a really good idea that we should be looking at. Uh, you know, how are we at at doing demonstrations uh, for our patients on the pill packing system? Right. You know, how do we get people engaged and involved and how do we let them know we're so used to living in our own little world inside these four walls that this world that goes on around us. Um, and how do we engage in that? And how do we say, this is what we're doing here at Spruce Mountain Pharmacy, why we should be your pharmacy of choice or why we are a community pharmacy for our community. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, when you kind of put yourself out there, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of putting yourself there to say, you know, sometimes, you know, it does show you where your weaknesses is and it shows you where your strengths are. How do you build upon that to make your pharmacy better and your team better and stronger for it? So are there some uh, cultural or institutional things that you do to um, to praise or reward a, a person who's gone above and beyond? I mean, you uh, you have some dinners, lunches. What, what, what kind of stuff do you do? Um, just uh, from a nuts and bolts standpoint, we have quarterly meetings. So on a Saturday afternoon after the store closes at noon, uh, we usually get together. Um, sometimes it's at the pharmacy. Sometimes it's at my house. We order in lunch. We sit down and we have staff meeting. We talk about things. What's going right? What's going wrong? I usually have a list of agenda things that we like to talk to and talk about. Um, and then that kind of allows everybody to kind of be on the same page. Um, it's an open discussion. It's not a listen to Steve's talk for an hour and eat some food and then we're done for the day. It's, it's dialogue. It's, it's getting ownership, talking to its team members or the coach is talking to the team and the team's talking to the coach. Um, so it's kind of that open, open philosophy. Um, I do Friday afternoons. I do offer my staff, anyone who wants to lunch with the boss. So on a Friday afternoon, let me know. We'll go out with the staff member. We'll go do lunch. Sometimes there are conversations that need to be had offsite away from the rest of the staff. If there's an issue or concern, it gives the opportunity for my employee to come and talk to me personally uh, without saying, hey, did someone so went into Steve's office? What's going on? Uh, let's just go have lunch. Let's talk about it. And let's let's try and figure out. And, and that's that's been a good tool that my staff has not had. Well, I don't want to say hasn't had to, but they haven't jumped on and said, oh, my gosh, so it's not every Friday I'm going out to lunch. It's but it's there. Well, and and those are wonderful tips. Um, boy, I wish I could find my way to your pharmacy next week. It's got to be gorgeous up there this time of the year in, in Maine. Um, any last thought you would want to share with the Pharmacy Crossroads listeners? Um, it's uh, it's been a delight to have you, and and thanks. I'll close off in a minute, but have you got anything final thing you'd want to say? The door's open to you, Bruce. Anytime you're in Maine, I want you to stop by, say hi, have some coffee with us. We'll go we'll go to the local bakery, grab some donuts, and and we'll talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of pharmaceutical excellence. <laughs> Well, uh, you're you're a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you for taking your time to to spend with your peers. Um, you know, the mission that I'm on is to help pharmacies do more and be better. And uh, you know, the the thing that you're reminding me and all of us is that you can't do that alone. It's a team effort. And you know, somebody can tell when they walk into a pharmacy if 
if there's a harmony, if there's a, a camaraderie there, or if it's, uh, you know, people feel like they're in a concentration camp. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I pop in unannounced on pharmacies all the time. And uh, I, I've created the saying that half the pharmacies are below average. And, you know, that's a statistical fact, but it's depressing when I when I go into one of those. And uh, thank you for, for sharing your information. And again, I would remind everybody that Steve's willing to share this task, operational task list uh, with anybody who emails me. Uh, that uh, email address is B as in Bruce, F as in Frank, kneeland at gmail.com. And kneeland is K-N-E-E-L-A-N-D. And with that, we're signing off for Pharmacy Crossroads. Uh, see you next time. Thank you. Our thanks goes out to the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance Cooperative, or CPA, for sponsoring this episode of Pharmacy Crossroads. Their goal in doing so is to provide pharmacy owners, CPA members or not, with information they can use to be more successful. You can learn more about CPA by visiting their website at www.compliantrx.com. Once again, that is www.compliantrx.com. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.